What did she say? Big sister said, how do you do it? From faith, life, money to love We're gonna talk about it all with the big sister Welcome to My Big Sister Said, a podcast. Your virtual big sister who gives you advice, walks you through it, and then says, hey girl, you okay after you do it. I'm your host, Ashley Hargrave, healthcare professional by day, creator by night, and sister 24-7. So sis, let's jump into this week's episode. For joining us for another episode of my big sister said your virtual big sister who gives you advice and then says hey girl how you doing after you do it so this week we are shifting back to the big sisters thank you all for tuning in for the brotherhood edition and so we are going to be focusing on the not so hidden figures women that are really excelling in STEM, those areas of science and math and engineering, making a difference, technology, really looking at that. And so I'm excited this week to have Jolanda Thompson with me, who is a higher ed professional, a mentor, a go girl kind of sister. And most importantly, as we talk about STEM, she also is an inspiration is also really making sure that women in engineering have a voice. So thank you, Jolanda, for being on the show. Thank you. It's an honor. So Jolanda, who is Jolanda Thompson? It's funny that you asked that. It's amazing how having time to just reflect during this COVID-19 season has provided many opportunities of discovery. I used to say that I'm your mentor, your educator, your daughter, your woman of God. But now I have been able to discover so much more about what makes Jolanda, Jolanda. During this time, I have been able to anchor all of who I am based upon my life's mission, which is connecting people to their God-given destiny. And with that, I'm seeing that I'm able to connect with people or influence people simply based upon my love for the arts, creativity. I've been able to connect with people from a mentoring capacity. It's just so much that makes up who I am that I would literally say that every day is a discovery and I enjoy that opportunity. Yeah, I think that's a great way to even say it, that every day is a discovery. We're learning our likes, our dislikes, something we didn't even know existed. And even in who you said you were, you said you were a mentor. So who are you a big sister to that can be naturally, spiritually, organizationally wise? I'm mentoring a lot of people right now. In my work environment, I work with a society of women engineers. This is an opportunity for our students who are women typically underrepresented in the field of engineering at the college level, but also in the working profession. Our goal is to help them to develop their confidence in order to take on leadership positions in male-dominated areas. And through that organization, I'm able to mentor up to 100 girls at a time. I also serve as a mentor for those that are unknowing mentors. Now, that's a powerful thing when you think about it, the (laughs) unknowing mentors. (laughs) Right. And I see that all the time 
in my work in higher education that I thought it was, oh, I'm just being an advisor today, yay me. But then when it comes time for graduation, they're tracking me down with long letters and emails and personal visits. Miss Jolanda, you don't realize how much you helped me. When I was an exploratory major, you helped me to find purpose. You helped me to connect with. It's just amazing to see those people that you don't even know are looking at you, how much of a difference that you're making. There was a guy from my church back at home by the name of Kevin Parrott back at the old school church. And he taught a whole sermon on you never know who's eating from your tree. Think about it. Your life is an example of something. And for me, I strive to make sure that I'm presenting a positive influence that's based upon my beliefs and my walk with Christ. And with that, my goal is to make sure that people are getting good fruit off of my tree. <laughs> if I know that I'm mentoring them through our student organizations, or if I don't know that I'm mentoring them, that's just really a goal of mine to make sure that I'm putting out the best of who Jolanda is and all of who she is discovering. Right, and as working at an institution of higher education, I think you guys, what are at 30,000 students now or, or something like that? You guys are- I will say upper 20s or so, 20,000, okay. yep. And so how would you even describe education? What would be your definition for the word education? Education is a powerful thing. Education is the daily activities that you do to bridge the gap in knowledge. Education can be seen in that more formal system of K to 12, an associate's degree, a four-year degree. It can be seen as that. But also, education can be seen on those opportunities that you take to explore the communities that you're in the opportunities that you take to have those conversations with people that are challenging you to think differently. Education is all around you. And that's something that I want people to understand is that yes, for some, your path may be that four year degree and beyond, but also your path of education may be sitting down and talking with those wise people that are in your life and gleaning information in order to solve those problems that are facing your community or facing your world. Yeah, and I think during this time of even COVID-19 and even as all of our worlds have shifted, really thinking yes. about education from a whole different perspective. So it's not just the classroom, it's not just the degrees that we have hanging on our walls. I think people are starting even to think, I've talked to people who are thinking about what new careers can I start? What side exactly. can I start? You know, really finding those places of, of wealth of information um, and then also realizing that a degree or a job doesn't define you. I think a lot of people had a hard recognition. Exactly. What were the things that were important and really being able to focus on that. So um, my next question, I've known you for a long time. <laughs> why did you choose higher ed um, as, a, as a career professional? Because I know there was some uh -huh. twisting turns in your journey. So how'd that start? Uh, yes, I've been all over the place with my journey. Higher education was not even on my radar. I didn't know who the person that was our dorm mom. 
I didn't realize that that requires a degree to be a residence hall director. I was just going through life that, oh, that person is good at organization, so they're going to be the hall director. I had no clue. Um, I recall back in college, it all started off with a roommate problem. Now, you all have had that one person, whether it's your roommate in your personal home or the roommate in your college setting, but it really started with some challenges that I had with my roommate. And from there, I started to see how it impacted me physically, emotionally, and academically. And I remember I ran to my residence hall director and she tried to help me, but it really didn't make a difference. And instead of going to my resident assistant, my RA, I went straight to the director of residence life. She talked with me, she helped me to process through it. And it literally came down to the best piece of advice that I had. Sometimes, Jolanda, your roommate is not meant to be your best friend. Mm. And that was just such a freeing moment for me that really helped me to see that, Jolanda, if you are struggling with these areas, who else is struggling with that? Fast forward, come senior year, I was a resident assistant. And I was helping those students that were struggling with roommate situations, struggling with academics, so in all sense, I was a mini advisor and didn't even know that that was a career path for me. Um, fast forward, I ended up going back to Salem College to be a residence hall director. So that same person who was helping me through the process, I was now on that team. And it was just an amazing experience to see it all come around full circle. And even during that time, I remember there were some changes in the system. And because I didn't have a master's degree, they told me, Jolanda, we cannot renew your contract. And I was devastated. I was doing all of this hard work, connecting with students from around the world. And they told me my contract was not renewed. And the Dean of Students at that time, Crispin Barr, <laughs> Dean Barr, she told my um, supervisor at that time, tell Jolanda she needs to go into higher education. And if she has any questions, come and ask me. Remember, I'm the girl who didn't know what higher education was, but after a series of events, I found myself in higher education with the master's degree that they disqualified me for <laughs> because for whatever reason it was, but that's how I found higher education of just following my path, those interests, seeing those problems that I saw in the world, and I wanted to address them. And higher education was my path. Yeah. This episode of My Big Sister Said is brought to you by Think Deep Apparel. Think Deep Apparel is a lifestyle brand focused on celebrating authenticity while challenging the stereotypical status quo. It is a collection for the culture designed by people in the culture. You can shop the collection at www.thinkdeepapparel.com. 
thank you so much to Think Deep Apparel. They're offering all of our listeners 10% off using the code BIGSIS. Angelanda, um, you're being very um, humble because you also um, originally probably <laughs> were going to be a neurophysicist and scientist. Which yes, is so you are correct. Because of uh, all the ways that paths kind of realign, and now you're getting to work at one of the largest universities in Tennessee, helping female engineers mm-hmm. kind of make that path and make that work. You know, from your own story to even the the young women that you're working with, you know, why is representation so important, um, especially in the field of science? Mm-hmm. It's very important to go and address your question. Yes. When I was in college, I tried to solve the problem of how does stress impact performance, academic performance. And at that time, neuroscience was the path that I thought was going to help me to address it from understanding cortisol levels and what part of the brain interacts. And I had the opportunity to do research with animal models, to publish research articles, all of these amazing things. But through that process of pursuing a PhD in neuroscience, I was pursuing it at one of the top-notch, predominantly white institution in the state, Wake Forest University. And I found myself being able to really thrive in the research setting. But when it came down to the academics, it wasn't clicking. My mentor at that time was um, a nun woman of color who kind of understood my unique needs as a woman of color, but didn't understand it all the way. And she helped me the best that she could when I was in that office crying because that dream that I had quickly dissipated. She was there for me. And with that, it's important for to have representation in higher education because there are certain unique experiences that goes far beyond I'm a woman. There's experiences that are uniquely rooted in I'm a woman of color. I -hmm. read a book uh, when I was in my master's program for education. I believe it was called White Like Me. And one of the profound statements that this author wrote was, if you don't understand the areas that makes you different, you will never understand the needs of that individual. Mm -hmm. So you can't just address the problems as, oh, she's a woman, therefore she's going to be experiencing X, Y, and Z. But there's a concept in higher education called intersectionality of identities. Mm -hmm. That's where the woman overlaps with the person of color, which overlaps with the woman of faith in so many different areas. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, within higher education, you need people who you can identify with. Many times it's the outward experience, um, outward expression. Oh, she's a woman and she's a black woman. But also it's important when we go into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Women in engineering is underrepresented in the workforce, but it has the highest potential in the demand for these individuals. I think back on how the cup holder 
was placed into a car. It was because of a woman who had that lens to see it through. And it's the same thing when these organizations, these firms, the corporations are trying to solve problems. If you're not from a certain community or brought up to understand some of the challenges, it's going to be hard for you to say, well, I think we need a cup holder. You will never know a person's experience. So in this case, a lived experience is a shared experience. And from that, innovation comes. You're able to solve the problems of the company's clients. Mm -hmm. That is the importance of representation within engineering or STEM disciplines. Yeah, and I think also when we think about, you know, just in my work, even with diversity and inclusion, we talk about companies that have more of a diverse, not just diversity, meaning representation, you're all there, but being inclusive. Mm -hmm. They are, they make more money. The employees stay longer in a place. Employees feel like they actually have a piece of the pie and they want to stay integrated into that. And I think a lot of times when people think of engineering, they always think that left side, they're not thinking the right side, which is the creativity, the feeling, all of that. But I think what you're doing, even with the women in your organization and you are also helping them to tap into all sides of who they are. And what does that even mean? Female and an engineer and that there are so many different paths for engineering that women can go into. And historically, you know, it's been told, well, women can't do that. They need to stay in the soft skills, but science has always been a part of who women are. Mm -hmm. So we'll turn it into something else. So for women that are listening now that may be wanting to, go back to school and get a degree or even moms of daughters who are saying, you know what, my daughter has an aptitude for math and science. How do I connect her into a space? What would you say? Early exposure is the key. There are so many free, yes, free opportunities that are out there. (laughs) There's so many opportunities out there to expose your student to STEM. Going outside, I was babysitting one of my friend's son, and it was a Pokemon convention. <laughs> and we were at a park, so everything about that day was a science experience experiment. Why is the grass green? Why is the bark on the tree on this side? Everything was a learning lesson for him. My goal was to teach him how to think critically. Even at a young age, if they have the power and the intellectual ability to ask why, and if you were like me growing up, why, mama, why, 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 (laughs) that's your opportunity to engage with them. I know sometimes parents can be intimidated by those why questions because it goes beyond your current knowledge. So your goal as a parent is, how do you bridge that gap of knowledge? Is there somebody in your community who can answer that question? Is there an organization within your community that can help bridge that gap of knowledge? Boys and Girls Club, great resource. Your Chamber of Commerce has a number of organizations that comes underneath of them that are providing those summer enrichment opportunities or after school programs for students. COVID-19 has been phenomenal in providing an increase in online resources. Yeah. 
many organizations are offering what they would have normally charged you $39.99 for free <laughs> during this time. There's so many ways to provide that early level of exposure to your students. The next area that I would say is connect with STEM role models. The internet, books, people in the community, contact me. I will get you connected with people because that's my life mission, remember? Right. Connecting how people they, to their God-given destiny. I got you. They, how can they find you on social media, Jolanda? So on social media, I'm currently on Facebook, mm -hmm. and you will look me up. It's just underneath of my name, Jolanda mm -hmm. N. Thompson. Mm -hmm. Jolanda is spelled <laughs> J-A-L-O-N-D-A. The letter N as in Nancy, although that's not my middle name, <laughs> and the last name Thompson. I'm currently taking a little bit of a break from Twitter, but you'll see some of my work on um, Facebook and just the impact that we're making with young women who are striving to make a difference in their communities. And what's the name of the organization that you um, are working with um, at your university, if you don't mind sharing that? I work with our Office of Diversity Programs which is located within the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, Tickle College of Engineering. We have two free summer programs that we offer every year. One of them is for rising 10th graders. It's called Engineering Volunteers for 10th Graders. And our goal is to work with students who need a little bit of extra work when it comes to being admitted into engineering schools, which tend to be really competitive. We work with your students on ACT preparation, so those standardized tests in order to be admitted. And we also help your students to explore the various majors of engineering. Because there's a reality that not everybody has a family member who comes from a professional background right. or is an engineer already. So that's our goal, is to help level the playing field so that your student can fulfill their full potential in life. Yeah. We also, mm -hmm. Go ahead, Jolanda. No, go ahead. And we have a second one for rising 12th graders, which is called High School Introduction to Engineering Systems for 12th graders. And this is when we lay out the red carpet, or as we say in big orange country, <laughs> the orange carpet. The orange carpet. <laughs> Yes, we want your student to narrow down those major interests. We help bridge the gap of knowledge when it comes to how do I afford an education? We talk about scholarships, financial aid. We help you to understand what opportunities are available for you to get involved academically as well as professionally. And those are just two examples of free summer right. programs that are offered for you week-long experiences residential and we currently are working on a online model as well yeah and i think also the piece that you talked about a little bit earlier when you're in such a field that is um critical thinking is so needed you also have to really mm -hmm. make sure that you're also taking care of your body and so jolanda you have been like a huge i think <laughs> my 
running mentor um, 10, 15 years ago. We've done races together um, and you're a beast on the bike as well. You know, what is something that also people can be doing, you know, as we're even thinking about not just the engineering part, but also mm -hmm. just working out, you know, because that also helps to stimulate brain cells. What is yep. You're speaking my language with that neuroscience there. <laughs> right. <laughs> what advice would you give to um, just staying healthy and, and what you found that works for you? Staying healthy has to be a commitment. And a lot of times those commitments can be ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So my advice would be, excuse, get yourself, not yourself, <laughs> get yourself an accountability partner. That is the key. There's been plenty of times when I was in North Carolina and there's this hill. I'm not going to say the name of this hill, but it's this <laughs> steep hill in North Carolina. And it would be a group of us, whether we were running with black girls run or biking with black girls do bike. We were all at the bottom of the hill and they would always say, get your mind right. Get your mind right mind over matter if you get your mind right that you're going to be able to get up that hill it may not come that day but you keep attacking it because you're going to keep finding yourself getting a little bit further and further along and then at the right time you're at the top of that hill but you were able to get to the top of that hill because of those women or support systems in your life those accountability partners and it's so important during this COVID-19 time, um, it's a lot going on, and we all know it. And to stay in isolation, to stay on the couch, it's not going to be healthy for you. So having those accountability partners, as my current professor says in this MBA program that I'm in, he said, you have to find yourself that Marco Polo relationship. Mm. most people think of it as that water game that you play marco and then somebody responds polo but it applies to life too pick up the phone call those people hey girl i'm getting ready to go for a run i know you're in a whole different state but let's talk on the phone while we walking or running well running might be a little hard talking <laughs> on the phone but you get the point right. just that accountability partner is really going to make the difference in your physical health but also your mental health. Yeah, and Jelani, I mean, you are so, you literally are the big sister. You are so wise, but who has been a big sister in your life? I've had so many. That's one of the lessons that I learned is that not one person is going to be able to speak to you in every area of your life. As I mentioned earlier, there's so many facets of who Jelanda is. But I would say the one person who has been consistent in my life since, I would say, since I was a freshman in college at Salem College is Sister Cheryl Brown. Sister Cheryl Brown, uh, I think she's known me since I was probably a teenager. But the one thing that she always tells me, no matter if I'm complaining about a work situation um, speaking to her about, oh, I have this goal or this dream. She always tells me, don't let them steal your joy. Oh, that's good. And it comes with who I am that 
I'm not going to say I'm a perfectionist, but I like to do things well. A recovery, I, you're in recovery. Yes, I say that, I say that. And she always tells me, Jolanda, you are a trailblazer. The things that you are thinking about and have already identified are not on their radars yet. You're going to have to wait a little bit. And while you're waiting, don't let them steal your joy. And that was so freeing to me because I would take it personal. Why don't they like this idea? What am I not doing right? And she's like, Jolanda, write it down, document it, and keep moving on. Do not let them steal your joy. Because at the end of the day, you're dreaming about it. You're thinking about it. You're complaining about it. And they drink a sweet tea listening to jazz on their porch. You see what I mean? <laughs> right. So, like, that was so free. Yeah. Don't let them steal your joy. That is so powerful. And I, I would say, is there any other advice that you would give to a younger sibling? I think that the joy is so, that's huge because there are people that are perpetual joy robbers. They do it on purpose. Yep. There's some yep. people that don't even realize that the impact of their whole persona, um, what that takes from, from you being in their presence. But is there other advice as we close that you would give to a younger sibling, um, the next generation, life, love, education, fitness? Mm -hmm. My advice to the younger generation, the little sister that I never had, <laughs> don't be afraid of the journey. Everything that happens in your life is for a divine purpose. You may not understand it now, you may have that Joyce Myers mentality of, woe is me, what about me? But in the end, God is going to work all things together for your good. We just have to trust him to guide us through that process. Because every step that we took from me being in a PhD program in neuroscience and being bit by a monkey <laughs> and having my dreams ripped from underneath of my feet was for a purpose. I was able to connect with people who are lifelong friends of me now. The people who helped me with my publications and research articles got me into my next graduate program. The opportunity of understanding the struggle of being a STEM major, I'm now investing that into the girls that I work with within the engineering curriculums. And I tell them, I don't understand calculus. Mm -mm but I understand your experiences. I understand how it is to be the only person in your class. I understand how it's to doubt yourself, but you know that there's this dream inside of you, but you just don't know how to get there. I understand that. And I think those experiences makes us all relatable or real in our situations. But without those experiences, we're just a talking bobblehead. So that would be the advice that I give you. Don't be afraid of the journey. God is in it every step of the way, and he is not going to let you fail. He's going to see you through it the whole way.